Welcome, 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 guys. I thank you so much for tuning in and joining your host, Rusty Moy. Guys, if you're new to the channel, I am Rusty Moy. And on this channel, we have episodes on entrepreneurship journey, inflation, education, K through 12, educating our children a little bit out of diapers, and adult education, um, jumping into job placement, and also for individuals that underemployed, or trying to join, rejoin the employment um, fields, industries, and various industries, guys. On this channel, it's very broad. So if this is your first time listening in, grab your PJs and get comfy with your journals. Because you're going to need your journals to take notes and understand what this episode is truly about. Now, episode 101, guys, with your girl Rusty Moy, is not only creative, but most importantly, informative. We need this, all of us, all people. The economic and social benefits of education. And I want to break it all down right here. People with a territory education in countries are more likely to have a job and be working full-time than those without, right? Unemployment rates are higher among people who don't have an upper secondary education, right? than among those who have a tertiary education, right? People with at least an upper secondary education are more likely to have a job than those with a high school diploma, okay? The employment rate is considerably high, guys, among men, 80%, than among women, which is at 65 Although there's a gap, is a nearest among the territory educational individuals and a widest among those without an upper secondary education. So that secondary education is vital. Don't think that you don't need it because you do. Allow this to be a part of your journey to regaining employment if you're unemployed. Okay. The significance of this, guys examines the relationship between education and work life. It goes hand in hand, okay? And I'll tell you why. Countries depend upon a significant supply of well-educated and skilled workers to promote economic development. That's number one. Educational qualifications are frequently used to measure human capital and the level of individual skill. That's number two. Number three, in most countries, people with high qualifications have the highest employment rate and people with the lowest education qualifications are at a greater risk of being unemployed and staying that way for, for a long time. Okay. Also, the findings in my recent research, education has a substantial impact on employment perspectives on average about 80%. Of the population with a territory education is employed, right? The average fall to over 70% for people with upper secondary or post secondary non territory education and to less than 60% for those without an upper secondary education. 
the probability of working full-time also increases with the level of education is your levels guys so 64% of employee adults with below upper secondary education work full-time compared with 74% of employed with a territory education right the difference in employment rates between territory education individuals and those with below upper secondary education are particularly large in Belgium Republic Estera, Germany, Hungary, Ireland, Israel, Poland, and the Russian Federation. Okay. Across countries and education levels, it's of all the employment rates of women is far below, right, than of men at all levels of education. Okay. Only 65% of women are employed compared to 80% of men. Although the gender gap narrows as education attainment increases, the employment rate among territory educated women is still considerably low and that that of men, despite the fact that in 2012, a slightly higher proportion of women, around 34% than men, which is 31% in countries had received a territory education. Individuals with a vocational oriented upper secondary or post-secondary education and countries are more likely to be employed 75% than those who have a general upper secondary degree that's 70% they're also less likely to be un, un, unemployed right 8% than those with a general upper secondary which is at 9% so the trend here is over the past 15 years employment rates for men and women the territory education have consistently consistently been higher than for those without. Conversely, unemployment rates among lower educated men and women have been highly than among those with territory education. Overall, young adults struggle the most, right? And unemployment rates are higher among those who have only below upper secondary education. In 2012, about 20% of young adults and countries was unemployed the highest rate registered in more than a decade okay so guys with a short commercial break i'll be back with definitions and more data so don't go anywhere guys Welcome, welcome. If you just joined, don't go anywhere. The economic and social benefits of education. Guys, grab your lemonade and your sliced lemon because I'm diving into definitions, data, and further detail. The employment rate refers to the number of persons in employment as a percentage of the population of working age. The unemployment rate refers to unemployment rate persons as a percentage of the labor force, guys. The unemployment are defined as people without work, but actually seeking employment and currently available to start work. The employed are definitely ones who work to pay for profit for at least one hour a week or have a job, but are temporarily not at work due to illness, leave or industrial action, right? 
uh, we want to further our knowledge, guys, and go further and understand employment rates of individuals with vocational and general education need more and deserve more. Part-time jobs is not going to cut it in inflation. And having two part-time jobs can be burning us out when we have a family. So we need to go and obtain free educational courses that can help us grow in the work field. If you haven't, please reach out to the Pennsylvania Career Link. They could be a resource for educational programming. Uh, they could be a resource for job placement, job training, paid training, and etc. They can help you in your journey. Guys, don't delay it. Trends in employment and unemployment rates by gender, age, and educational attainment is very, very important during this time. By the end of the year, the unemployment rate will probably go up and inflation will get even worse. We have to understand that obtaining an education is not bad, is not a rush, is something you can take time with if you can to obtain that education that you need to join or rejoin the workforce. It's needed in our society. If our children are back in school and we know they're back in school, let's get them back in their school seats. Let's help them find the resources they need. Because the more people that obtain the education, more degrees, more people that are finishing training programs, the more likelihood that they're gonna find employment that they can enjoy, that they can um, obtain a career, or an opportunity that can be lucrative for themselves and their family. During this time of inflation, there's times that we have needs and we have wants. And sometimes we have to put our wants on the back burner and just go for our needs because we cannot do anything other than that because of our financial circumstance. So keep that in mind. Guys, I thank you so much for joining in and being a part of this amazing episode. And if you haven't, please hit that link in the subscription to go to Pennsylvania Career Link to sign up for some of their programs and resources to help you and your family during this inflation. Welcome, 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 guys. I thank you so much for tuning in to your host, Rusty Moy. Guys, we're entering springtime. We're still in the midst of inflation, and we have to be wise in our decisions. But most importantly, we have to be knowledgeable about how to set financial goals for your future. That's it in episode one. That's the T. Listen, guys, steps to take in your financial security and a great measurement before retirement, okay? So setting short-term financial goals as well as mid-term and long-term as an important step towards becoming financially secure, right? There's a lot of things we wanna do, places we wanna go, but we gotta make sure we're secure now. With this inflation, people are losing their jobs, people are getting fired, people are quitting, people are downsizing, People are closing their doors during this time. And as it gets close to June of 23, guys, it's going to get worse. 
if you're looking at financial news, if you're looking at the stock market and you're seeing what's happening, you will be ahead. And I'm going to show you how. If you aren't working towards anything specific, you're likely to spend more than you should. You should come up with something short when you need money for unexpected bills. Not to mention, guys, when you want to retire. You might get stuck in a vicious cycle of credit card debt and feel like you never have enough cash to get properly insured, leaving you more vulnerable than you ever thought you could be before pandemic. Guys, just because CDC guidelines has been lifted, we're still in the midst of a pandemic because there are still folks out of work, haven't regained employment. And if they have regained employment, they're not making as much as they were before 2020. They're making less. So their earnings is left less, their lifestyle has went up, their bills have went up. So be wise in your financial goals. And I'm going to discuss that more. Even the most prudential person can't prepare against every crisis. As the world learned in the pandemic, many families learned every month. What thinking ahead does if you give yourself a chance to work through the what happened and do your best to prepare for them, okay? This should be an ongoing process now so you can shape your life and your goals to fit the changes that you inevitably come by, right? So annually, the financial planning gives you an opportunity to formally review your goals, update them, and review progress since last year. If you've never set goals before, Take the opportunity to formulate them so you can get on or stay on firm financial founding, right? Here are the goals from near term to distant that financial experts recommend setting to help you learn to live comfortably within your means. Reduce your money troubles and save for retirement. Proper financial and retirement planning starts with goal setting, including short, intermediate, and long-term goals. Key short-term goals, including setting a budget, reducing debt, and starting an emergency fund. Medium-term goals could be including key insurance policies, while long-term goals need to be focused on retirement. So, your short-term financial goals can be setting a short-term financial goal gives you the foundation and the confidence boost that you'll need to achieve the bigger goals that take more time. These first steps are relatively easy to achieve in as little as a year. Create a budget and stick with it. Build an emergency fund. Pay down the credit card debt that's holding you back. Then you want to establish a budget. You can't know where you're going until you really know where you are right now. That's the only way. That means setting your budget. Knowing what you can and cannot do. Keeping track of how much money and slipping through the cracks each month is not something you want to do, okay? An easy way to track your spending is to use a free budgeting program like Mint. That's a great way, guys. It will combine the information from all your accounts into one place so you can label each expense by category so you can keep idea of what your budget looks like. You can also create a budget the old-fashioned way by going through your bank statements, bills from the past um, few months and categorizing each expense with a spreadsheet or on paper. That's the old school way. Or you might discover that ordering seamlessly every week from home day or spending that much on lunches with a coworker if you're back in an office is costing you $315 a month at $15 a meal for 21 days. 
you might learn that you're spending another hundred per weekend on date night meals with your significant other. When you see how you're spending your money and if you've got it by the information, you can make better decisions about where you want your money to go in the future. This enjoyment and comfort and, and convenience of eating out is worth $315 a month to you. Trust me, guys, we all do it. We know we do it and we're self-conscious of it, but we have to stop. It is a inflation, okay? So if so, a great as long as you can afford it. If not, you've discovered an easy way to save money every month because you know what you're spending. You can look for ways to spend less when you dine out. Replace some restaurants for takeout with homemade ones or have a combination of the two or do it once or twice a week for takeout. Not doing takeout every single night because then that's going to put you in a bad predicament where you're not going to have enough to get by to pay bills, to take your expenses. And if something comes up in this emergency, you're going to be flat broke and not be able to take care of things outside of your budget. Okay. So what I will say is create emergency fund. An emergency fund, guys, is money you set aside specifically to pay for unexpected expenses, right? To get started. 500 to 1,000 is a goal. When you meet that goal, you want to expand it so that your emergency fund can cover greater financial difficulties, right? Such as unemployment, if you lose your job, if you didn't have an emergency fund prior to COVID, you might want to wish to do so. And if you did have one, you may have tapped into it so much that right now is replenished. So what you need to do is try to rebuild that up because we are two years or soon going to be uh, let me see, 2020, 21, 22. So we two years out of the global pandemic. So things are going to be going back to some normalcy because it has so far. Okay. So I would say I recommend saving at least three months worth of expenses to cover your financial obligations and basic needs, but preferably six months worth, especially if you're married or you work for some kind of company or your spouse does, or if you work in an area with limited job perspectives, Finding this is the least way in your budget to cut back on and can help you fund your emergency savings. Okay. Another way to build emergency savings is through decluttering and organizing. Okay. An online financial service company for consumer debt settlement, for mortgage shopping, personal loans. You can make extra money by selling unneeded items on eBay or Craigslist or holding a yard sale. Consider turning a hobby into a part-time work, which you can have some income coming in and you could probably save that and put that in your emergency fund. Guys, you have to figure out a way to stay ahead during inflation so you won't fall behind and you're still keeping that emergency fund above and not down so it's not depleted. I also would say opening up a savings account and setting up an automatic transfer for the amount you've determined. You can save each month using your budget until you hit your emergency fund goal. If you get a bonus, a tax refund, or actually monthly paycheck, which happens to be two months out of the year, if you're paid bi-weekly, save that money as soon as it comes in your checking account. And if you want to wait until the end of the month to transfer that money, the odds is high that it will be spent instead of saved. Okay, so know how to do a savings account and set up an automatic uh, transfer. This could be determined to can set up an emergency fund goal. Okay, and I just gave you the T on how to do so. Also, um, a saving goal such as saving for retirement, recreating emergency fund should be a top priority. It's a savings account that creates the financial stability you need to achieve other goals. And guys, I don't even want to talk about paying off credit card debt. 
because credit card debt, I just, I hate it. I don't like even speaking about it, but I will for the sake of people that ask me about um, paying off credit card debt and how to maintain your credit card balance at zero each month, right? So this is the tea on that. I would say pay off credit card debt or create emergency fund first. Some people say that you should create emergency fund first, which I believe is great, even if you still have credit card debt. Without an emergency fund, any unexpected expense can hit you and it will further your credit card debt. A lot of people say you should pay off credit card first because interest is so costly. That's a great idea. But don't have your credit card to the max where you're spending your, your, your max maybe $5,000 and you're put, every time you get money, you're putting it on your credit card and not into your bank account because you're working for the credit card company and not for yourself. So you want to pay yourself, not work for credit card companies. You don't want to be paying off debt for the rest of your life, okay? We already have student loans. We already have mortgage. We already have car payments. Please, please, please pay off your credit cards before they get to $5,000. Pay off your credit card before it gets to $1,000. Pay those credit cards off because when June comes, guys, your interest rate is going to get even higher. Understand that. Keep it at zero balance. dollars $2, $3, $4, $5, $500, you're going to go into extreme debt by the end of 23. Trust me, I understand this. Pick the philosophy that makes the most sense to you or do a little both of the, of the same time, right? A strategy for paying off credit card debt is recommended, guys. Debt by interest rates from lowest to highest and then paying only the minimum on only but your highest rate debt uses additional funds you have to make extra payments on your highest rate of your credit card. Okay, so don't just pay the minimum. Please don't just pay the minimum because when you do, you're not really paying anything. If your minimum is 30 and you're giving 30 every month, don't do that. If it's 30, try to give 80. If it's 30, give 100 if you can stand it. It looks great on your credit report. It, it looks great as you um, continuously having a relationship with a credit card company. And then also, you will be going above what your credit card company is asking for. So do more if you can do more. Don't do 30. If it's 50, do, do 80. Okay? Know the numbers. Um, another method to considering is called the debt snowball. And the debt snowball method, guys, is you pay off your debt in order of the smallest to largest, regardless of the interest rate, right? The idea is a sense of accomplishment you get from paying off the smallest debt when you give the momentum to tackle the next smallest debt and so on until you are debt free, okay? And you can jump up and down and say, I'm debt free, all right? That's a beautiful feeling where you can go to bed at night, tuck in the covers, and you don't have to say, oh my God, I can't answer the phone. Oh my God, they're calling me again. Oh my God, the police is coming to my house. Oh my God, they're threatening my kids. It's a great feeling to be debt free. Okay, guys. And I know a lot of us say that it's not realistic, but guess what it is. Buy what you can afford and not what you can. If you want a washer and dryer and you can't afford it, uh, do a yard sale, do a pop-up shop, do flea markets, wash cars, do a bake sale. Try to find ways to bring in revenue. Stop using credit card debt. Stop using your credit cards. Stop using your collateral to be successful. Stop trying to use your credit card to get Gucci. You don't know Gucci, okay? Wear your knockoffs. No one will never know the difference. Stop trying to take major trips because you know that people are looking at your fan base. 
No one cares that you went to Baruba, Cancun, Liberia, and you travel all around the 12 months of the year. No one cares. You will be sitting there crying faced with, with credit card debt. If you can't get your hair done, you can't get your hair done. You can't get your nails done, you can't get them done. Gentlemen, if you can't buy mom or dad a gift, you can't buy that brand new car, you just not in position. Try to bring in extra money, extra finances. Find ways to bring the money in and stop using the credit cards. Use the credit cards as an emergency. Getting your hair done is an emergency. Getting your feet done is an emergency. Buying food is an emergency. Snap has been cut down. That's an emergency. Paying for uh, educational for your kids, that's an emergency. Buying gas can be an emergency. Going out um, to a nightclub is not an emergency. Know what emergencies are. Paying a medical expense, that's an emergency. Paying for your medication, that's an emergency. Taking care of a sick family member, that is an emergency. Going to go get your lips pumped up, getting your butt pumped up, your breasts pumped up, that's not an emergency. That's a want. You want to fulfill something. Once needs, once needs, once needs, ladies and gentlemen. That's not a difference. Because this is a year that will determine whether you know your wants and needs. Because a lot of people will be doing really, really bad come the end of the 23. It's serious, guys. It's going to get worse from here. All right, guys. $10,000 or more in unsecured debt, such as credit card debt. We can't afford the regular minimum payments, right? Companies that offer these services are regulated by the Federal Trade Commission, and we work on a consumer behalf to cut debt by as much as 50% in exchange for fees, typically a percentage of the total debt, of a percentage, guys, of the amount of debt reduction, which the consumer should only pay after a successful negotiation. Consumers can get out of debt in two to four years in this way. The drawbacks, guys, are that debt settlements can hurt your credit score. And creditors take legal action against consumers for unpaid accounts. And that's the honest God of truth. That's honest. Honesty. Short commercial break, guys. I'm telling you, I told you guys I was going to give you this. The midterm financial goals. And then I want to discuss getting life insurance and disability income insurance. Because that's where we need to be. Is a time in our life where we need to be. Don't go anywhere, guys. Continue in this episode with me. I told you I would keep you informed. If you just tuned in, this episode is beyond measure. You guys asked for it, and I said I was going to deliver. I want you to understand 23 is a year of bringing in income, not a year of going in debt. We need to get out of debt get back on our feet and realize that entrepreneurship is where we need to be. Growing residual income is where we need to be. If we're tired of working that nine to five, then listen to your girl Rusty Moy and figure out ways that you can maybe work your nine to five and bring residual income in or find out ways and tips and tricks to leave that nine to five and go into the entrepreneur journey with nothing but high expectations, realistic strategies, and realizing that you can build a customer base from the palm of your hand. And I will have an episode teaching you ways to do it. Five key ways. Rusty Moy has it. I started this channel, guys, not for fashion and fair. 
It was to keep people informed, but most importantly, involved. Allow this inflation to be a wake-up call. Wake up with your girl, Rusty Moy. Pull out your PJs, your lemonade, your iced tea, and all your fun friends and toys. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, guys. If you just tune into the episode, it's going to be even more amazing. Guys, this is a time and a season how to set financial goals for your future. Sometimes, guys, we don't even think about it. Pandemic hit us. We went through our emergency funds and a lot of our accounts are replenished. But I'm going to help you get that account back up and running and help you realize that if you don't want to have an emergency fund, then you don't have to. But we're not going to keep swimming in debt in the year of 23. We're going to use 23 to bring in residual income and get out of debt. Credit cards are just for emergencies, guys, not to run through to get breast enhancements, haircuts, nails, lip balms, and everything else that we usually get. Credit cards are only for emergencies. And I'm going to tell you how. So midterm financial goals, guys, when you've created a budget, established an emergency fund and paid off your credit card debt, or at least made a good dent in those three short term goals, it's time to start working towards midterm financial goals. And Rusty's here for it. These goals will create a bridge between your short and long term financial goals. Guys, Getting life insurance and disability insurance is what we need. Do you have a spouse or child who depends on your income? If so, you need life insurance to provide for them in case you pass away prematurely. Guys, we sit around and we say we don't want to talk about death. You don't have to. Term life insurance is the least complicated and least expensive type of life insurance. And will most people insurance needs Guys, an insurance broker can help you find the best price and policy. They help me and many people that I know around me. Most term life insurance requires medical underwriting. And unless you are seriously ill, you can probably find at least one company that will offer you a policy. Guys, you don't want to have your loved ones running around trying to figure out how to find out ways to secure your your life insurance, your expenses if you pass away prematurely or anything like that. You want to be ahead of the curve. And I'm going to show you how. Also, disability insurance in place to protect your income while you are working. Most employers provide the coverage, but why are you waiting on them? If you work for yourself and you have a small business, invest in disability insurance. Invest in term life insurance. Invest in your own self. And most importantly, if you work for yourself, invest in retirement insurance. You're 19, 20, 30. Guys, you won't be 19, 20, 30, and 40 for the rest of your life. When you retire, you want to be secure. There's companies that will invest in you now if you invest into them. So make sure each day you're living and you're breathing in and out that you're making the right decisions, guys. You know Rusty's here for it. I'm not going to give you any information that's not the right thing. Guys, it's not about just credit card debt, uh, having emergency funds. I'm giving you the T. Term life insurance, medical underwriting, disability insurance. Guys, we have to have this as entrepreneurs and if we're working nine to five. But if you don't have that nine to five, you have to build your own foundation. And I'm going to show you how in my next episode. 
Disability insurance will replace a portion of your income. If you are working for yourself and you're sick and you can't work anymore, what are you going to do? Invest in yourself now. Anything can happen. If you have people that are working for you, allow people that's working for you to take the steps that they need to have disability insurance. They can have an injury. They can fall. And then also... If it's a slip and fall, there's a lot of things with disability insurance where people can be insured and they will have a paycheck coming in every single week. Companies do it free, but you got to pay into it. You got to pay now. You got to pay later. So why delay it? Guys, if you're seriously ill or injured to the point that you can't work, it can provide a larger benefit than Social Security disability income, allowing you and your loved ones to have comfortability, make sure you're secure, and making sure your bills are paid. There'll be waiting periods, guys, tons of waiting periods between when you become unable to work and when your insurance benefits kick in, right, to start paying out, which is another reason why having an emergency fund is so important. So if you're waiting for the the waiting period for your um, uh, disability insurance to come in that you have paid into because you're an entrepreneur, you can tap right into your emergency fund and live comfortably, go on a shopping spree and do whatever you need to do. But you have to put the proper measures in place, especially as a small business owner. Guys, I'm going to go on with this. I'm not going to give up on you guys. You ask for it, I'm going to deliver it. Paying off student loans. Student loans are a major drag on many people's monthly budget. I might have went through it. You might have went through it. But I'm going to tell you how to get rid of it. Lowering or getting rid of these payments can free up cash that will make it easier to save for retirement and meet your financial goals. One strategy, guys, that can help you pay off your student loan is refinancing into a new loan with a lower interest rate. But be aware, if you refinance your federal student loans with a private lender, you may lose some of the benefits associated with a federal student loan, such as an income-based repayment plan, deferment, or forbearance, which can help you fall on hard times. So you want to make sure that you do it properly, guys. And I know a lot of you guys said, what do I need to do? And I'm going to tell you, this is the tip. This is the trick. If you have multiple student loans and won't stand to benefit from consolidating or refinancing them, the debt or debt snowball method mentioned that I just mentioned can help you pay them off faster. Deferment, forbearance. Look it up, guys. Consider your dreams. Midterm goals I mentioned can also include goals like buying a first home or later on a vacation home. Maybe you already have a home or want to upgrade it with major renovations or start saving for a larger place. Maybe college for the children, maybe for your grandchildren, right? Or even saving for your children, right? Or um, your midterm goals. When you get a set of goals together, start figuring out how much you need to make your goals a reality, right? Visualize journaling, get your pen and start thinking. It's nothing wrong with dreaming. Dreaming comes to be reality. Visualizing the type of future you want step by step. I learned when you write things out and you kind of meditate on it, those realities and all those dreams and ideas come to surface. But you have to work on residual income. You have to work on the nine to five of putting so much away to reach your goals. You can't just write it down and then go to the nightclub and spend your money and say, oh, Rusty said, write it down and then it's going to come true. Write it down, visualize, save, 
prepare, package, and get ready for making that dream a reality, right? You can't say, I'm going to buy a home in three years and you take your money to King of Prussia Mall. It's never going to happen. You have to write, visualize, connect, connect, network, keep your credit score going, right? Keep that credit up. You got to make sure that you're paying on time, right? Making sure that you're not falling behind in any payments, right? Making sure that you're putting that rainy day fund away, right? Making sure that you have that separate fund for the home, right? And then you want to have an extra amount for home repairs after you buy your home, right? Because you buy this home and then something breaks down, you need a plumber, you don't have the emergency fund for the house. You got your regular emergency fund for when you get fired and then you have your emergency fund for the home, the home repairs emergency fund because you didn't bought the home for 75K or now 150K and then you need another 50K for repairs because you need a plumber, you you know, the roof may cave in in the first year. Um, you may have something where you need to get a roof put on the back of the house. Maybe your sink might floods over. Maybe you need to get uh, something, maybe a new nice wash and dryer in your basement. So things are going to happen. So maybe you might want to tap in that 50K. And with inflation, you might need 60K. So you might want to realize what you're getting into. So making sure that you're not relying on the banks and relying on your residual income. Banks are great. I love you guys. I have girlfriends that work in banks. But guys... Make sure you have your funds. Make sure you have your ones up. Because the banks is great. They're amazing. They love this. But the interest rate is so high, we're continuously paying double. Double. But the more residual that you're working in, that's yours. You're not borrowing from a financial institution. Okay? So the more you're bringing in, the less you're going to need to borrow. Right? So that's where we have to come with our ideas and concepts of residual income. What are we having ways to bring it in? How are we bringing residual in? Okay? And I will show you five tips and tricks of residual income. You guys ask me long-term financial goals. The biggest long-term financial goal for the most people is saving enough money to retire. That's it. The common rule of thumb should be 10% to 15% of every paycheck in a tax-advantaged retirement account. 401k is amazing. 403b is even better. If you're a small business owner, a Roth IRA is amazing or traditional IRA. Roth IRA is amazing benefits. If you're an entrepreneur, take the Roth IRA and run with it. You'll love it. If you're independent, don't have any kids, Roth IRA, run with it. If you have a company that doesn't have Roth IRA or traditional IRA, figure it out. Get it on your own. You can get your own 401k. Plan your future. Stop allowing these nine to fives to tell you that you can't because you can. Build your future. Plan your success, plan your vacation, plan your birthday club. You do these things on your own independently, whether you're nine to five, entrepreneur, side hustler, whatever, plan your future. But to make sure you're really saving enough, you need to figure out how much you're actually needing for retirement. Do the numbers, what you think you'll need by the time you're 75, okay? Make sure you do the numbers, you're 30 now, when your retirement age could be 75, who knows if you pushed up, maybe 73, we don't know. If you're 27, what do you think you will need by then? If you're an entrepreneur, you definitely need to know this. Know the numbers and what will look like. Invest in yourself. Estimate your retirement needs. Break it down. And I'm going to show you how to break down calculation, estimate your retirement needs, guys. Took me a while to get my mind together. Estimate, number one, your desired annual living expenses during retirement. 
what you think it will look like. The budget you created when you started on your short-term financial goals will give you an idea of how much you will need. You may need to plan for higher healthcare costs and retirement. The way things is going, medication, all of that, who knows what your insurance is going to look like. And if it, by then, it will be enough to cover medical costs. We all may need medication. If you're on medication now, you might be on double medication by the time you retire. You need prescription drugs. You need x-rays. You need to be seen by the doctor. You need to know what you're going to need. Everybody's not going to get Medicaid, Medicare. Everybody's situation is different. So don't depend on anything. We don't even know that's going to be in existence. Plan now. Subtract the income you will receive, including Social Security, retirement plans, and pension. This will leave you with the amount that's needed to fund by your investment portfolio. I did the numbers. Estimate how much in retirement assets you will need for your desired retirement data based on what you currently have and are saving on an annual basis. Do your division. Go back to your math class and figure that out. An online retirement calculator can do the math for you if you don't know how to figure that out. If 4% or less of the balance is the time of retirement covers the remaining amount of expenses that you combine with your Social Security and pension do not cover, then you are on track to retirement. Okay? For example, you started with a portfolio of $1 million and you withdraw $40,000 in one year. 4% of $1 million then increase the withdrawal by the rate of inflation each subsequently year, it'll be 40000 plus 2% in the year two. Or 40800 40, plus 2% in your year three, or 21616 and so on. You would have to be made through a 30-year retirement with running out of money. This is why you would often see the 4% as a rule of thumb discussing retirement. Many scenarios, guys, you actually end up with more money at the end of 30 years using the 4% rule. But in the worst and the worst and worst scenario, you would have to run out of money in year 30. The only word of caution here is that just because 4% has survived in most scenarios in history does not guarantee at your time of retirement that it will be the 4% thumb rule. It could change. Okay. So people may say this. The desired annual living expenses is 65000 Right, a spouse of Social Security at age sixty-six may be doing twenty-four thousand dollars, right, a year, and then it's two thousand dollars a month. Spouse two is receiving Social Security at age sixty-six could be twenty-four thousand dollars a year, two thousand dollars a month, and then their needs is based upon different other things. So it depends on your retirement calculator what you feel will happen at that time and what is going to be necessity. For you. But I will say this the bottom line, you probably will make perfect process towards achieving any of your goals. But the most important thing, guys, is being consistent in your goals. If you are hitting with an unexpected car repair, a medical bill one month, and can't contribute to your emergency fund, but have to take money out of it out of somewhere else instead, but don't beat yourself up about it, that's what the fund is there for. Just get back on track. And recover the emergency account, right? The same thing is true if you lose your job or get sick. You have to create a new plan to get through the difficult period. You may not be able to pay down debt 
or retirement during that time, but you can resume your original plan or perhaps revise a, a revision to come up with a better idea. That's the beauty of an annual financial planning. You can review and update your goals and monitor the process in reaching them throughout life ups and downs. And this process can find both small things you do on a daily and monthly basis to bigger things you do every year over the decades and will help you achieve your financial goals. Guys, I ask you and beg you to please pre-plan and have a plan in place. Because if you don't have a plan in place, it'd be so easy to either become homeless or not be able to, you know, because you can't keep up with your bills. Or um, if you have a car payment or a mortgage, you will be like five, six, seven, eight months behind because of the simple fact of either being laid off, like a couple of friends I know have been laid off, or they've uh, lost their job, maybe fired or something like that, and you don't have any plan in place. So if you don't have a plan in place, you don't find a job for a certain period of time, you could be in a situation where you are um, experiencing homelessness because you don't have anything to tap into. You didn't have an emergency fund. You didn't plan for the future. You don't have a retirement fund. You don't have anything, any savings or anything that you can, or 401k plan or a Roth plan or a birthday club that you can go to your birthday club, even though it's not your birthday and draw something out of there to keep your head above water. Plan for the future. Disability insurance, things like that. If you become disabled, anything can happen. Anyone can get sick. Anyone can be disabled and they can't work anymore. You can't rely on disability to grant you something because it can take months, weeks, maybe even years. But if you have your own private account, you can go right there and to disability gives you an answer, right? And you can tap into that, be able to take care of yourself and be able to have financial expenses. So you're not in a situation where you can't pay for your med- prescription drugs. You can't pay for um, financial unexpected uh, planning, educational fund with your grandchildren or your children or your guardian, foster parent, whatever, and you're taking care of someone's child and you cannot keep your head above water. Guys, I'm begging you. This is an inflation. You guys asked for it. You want to know the tea and I gave you so many scenarios because I know a lot of us is going through a crunch. We're going through times that um, it's unexpected and we're just not knowing what ways to get out of especially credit card debt, which is the worst. Credit card debt is a number one issue with people during this inflation. Because you have people using their credit card for every expense, dollar store, food run, gas, educational expenses, cleaners, clothes, home repairs, whatever, whatever they need. Their credit card has become their emergency fund. And if that's you, I gave you a few ways to get out of the credit card debt. Try to pay off your credit cards before they get to the max. Because once it gets to the max, you're struggling, you can't pay them. Goes against your credit score, bad credit. You have so many issues. And then after a while, you can't even have a bank account. Because what they do is they report it all to the, to the three credit bureaus. They close down your bank account. You, you don't have a any history with any financial institution. They don't trust you. You lose value as an individual. Never lose value, guys, as an individual. Okay? Because um, once you lose that value, you have to take so long to gain trust, reputation, acknowledgement in a corporate world. Right? You can't get anything, car, home, anything as, an, as a citizen 
without collateral, without a bank account, without a credit card. You have to have something so banks will even acknowledge you as an individual, right? And if you've shut out of everything, you you don't have that um, banking relationship that you need as an individual, okay? So if you guys want me to create another episode um, about um, financial institutions, long-term financial goals, or something about finances, or credit card debt, or credit card t- debt 101, 102, I'm here for it. I would love to help and give you um, some more research, some more ideas, some additional um, concepts and you know common scenarios about credit card debt, credit card consumer debt, right? And if you're a business owner and you have scenarios with having debt as a business owner and the pandemic, you know, kind of pushed your business like off the face of planet of earth because of pandemic and your business was closed and you didn't, you know, you went through that pandemic scare and you're trying to rebuild your business and you're trying to bring in consumers and try to refinance your um, your location or if you're e-commerce and your business kind of just shut down and you didn't do anything, then we will have episodes catering to you, your business and your niche and to how to reclaim your niche again and regain control over being an entrepreneur all over again. And it's not easy, but I'm going to have a special guest that's going to help you and walk you through the steps of regaining entrepreneurship journey. Okay. So guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode um, and I have more content from here. And this spring, we're going to learn how to use cash flow and not a credit card. Cash flow and not a credit card. Okay. No cash, no purchase. Let's think like that. No money, no purchase. No money, no going out. No money, no trips. Let's not finance something that we can't afford and then take all year punishing ourselves to fight through the wave. You don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. You can't do it. It's not the end of the world, but find ways to enjoy life and regain control over your credit, regain control over your life and earn every dollar and enjoy every dollar you spend and not the money from the banks. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this amazing episode. And if you need more from here, I'm here for it. Credit card companies love us. Credit card companies love us straight out of college. Credit card companies think we're amazing, but we must pay our debt. Most importantly, that's used this year of cash flow, bringing in revenue, selling our new, our old items, things that are dusty and worn. Stop keeping them around the house. Have a garage sale. See how much revenue you can bring in. I trust and believe that you can bring in $100 a week. Have a flea market. Bring in your own revenue. Don't rely on the banks. Episode 101 with your amazing podcaster, Rusty Moy. Financial rehab, guys. Amy Winehouse went to rehab. <laughs>